You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, where I have one simple goal to bring you the best thinking to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today I bring on one of my favorite people of all time, Dr. Kevin Growth. And he explains that two of your upcoming years that are in your future are going to suck and why that's a great thing. It is an awesome podcast. So check it out. I know you'll enjoy it. And we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where you know how this works. I bring great thinkers, great leaders uh, onto the show so that you can all benefit from creating a better practice and better life. And today I've got one of my rock star, good friends, dear friends, who I used to coach. Now he coaches me, Dr. Kevin Grill. So Kevin, thanks for being on, brother. It's good to be back. Thanks yeah. for keeping inviting me back. <laughs> it's hey. always fun to do this stuff. Again and again and again. And um, I'll say this to everybody that's listening. I think it's awesome that you find your people in dentistry, whether they be mentors. And then at a certain point, you're going to switch places with them and then they're going to teach you things. And that's definitely what you're doing now. I want people to know your story. Now, if you've been following the COVID conference, any of our master classes, you're going to know we're huge fans of Dr. Kevin Growth. But Ke who is Kevin Growth if I'm listening for the first time? Who are you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a husband. I'm a father of two kids now, which is kind of crazy. We have a nine-week-old and, and a three-and-a-half-year-old. So life has been pretty chaotic from that. And I guess I mentioned that first because that is just really who I am. You know, yeah. and that's the person I am. And what I do is a restorative dentist in, in Metro Detroit area and born and raised here. Never left. It's a great time of year. I love Michigan in the summertime, hate it in the winter. But to me, it's it's, it's a great place to be. Um, my father and uncle both practice dentistry. I took over their practices and just kind of trying to figure this out like everybody else. So um, from afar, it may look like I have my act together, but the reality of it all is we're just trying to struggle through it all and, and, and navigate through it and learning the lessons on the way. And that's why I have people like you in my life that I lean on. So while you say that I teach you, you are equally in that partnership here teaching me. So it's just kind of a, it's a good relationship in that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And today, you know, before we hit the go button, we we're talking about, you know, 
adversity and opportunity. And this is cliche, but you've heard the duck looks real calm on the top of the water, but you see the feet just going like crazy underneath. And, you know, you've taken on quite a bit in the last year, you know, building a home, adding a second baby. And we're going to talk about some of these challenges. And you've even embraced a challenge in the future. Like you're going to pull the final straw and take off the training wheels and get out of a certain PPO. And we're going to talk about that. But let's go back to this. Like, you know, I think it's important that listeners know, you know, when you get started in practice, to expect the easy is not a good expectation, right? Like, what's it been like for you? Yeah, it, I guess like last time we talked in our podcast, we talked about books and mm-hmm. Gino Wickman from Traction. He talked about it of a 10-year window. Yeah, You're going to have two great years. You're going to have six good years. And you're going to have really two awful years. And I think the important thing to reflect on is that you're going to have two really bad years. Mm-hmm. And those bad years are really actually what propel you forward. And that drives the great years. Yeah, but I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's honestly like, and I've been this past year has been my one of the two years, right? And it's it's really just so awful. It's really something that nobody wants to go through anything bad. But off, you know, on the phone calls we've had, you said it's not a matter of if I have something bad happen to me in the future. It's just a matter of when. Right. I hope that happens long time from now, but it's only inevitable that you're going to go through something bad. Right. Um, and that's okay. And it's something yeah. that I think we should all embrace, but also, you know, the thing that really helped me this time around is I was very vulnerable and very open to people that I really lean on. Mm-hmm. And, um, through that, it's just made everything so much better for me because I could really, it's, it was very therapeutic that I can call you up or you called me up out of the blue saying, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Are you okay? Yeah. You know, and having those calls and you've had probably what 20 of those calls with me and, I can't thank that enough. And same as Zach and a couple of the people that I've leaned on that are really essential people in my life that, um, I don't know, you just, you just really work through these problems together as a, as a, as a community, as a tribe. And through that comes something really remarkable. And yeah. I think that's what I want to talk about. It's just kind of like embrace the suck because something good's going to come from it. If you actually want to propel that forward. Yeah. And even when you know it's going to suck, like your advice still doesn't help me, but I have to coach myself through like, so I'll just piggyback on what you said, because two out of 10 years, it's going to really suck, you know, and let's hope that you don't ever plan for them. But the pandemic was one of them for me. I was off to, we were, we as a company were off to one of our greatest years ever. And I literally, I didn't, you know, I've shared this with you guys in the show before. I had a panic attack. There were days, there were two days, I think in a row where I didn't sleep at all. Like I do not do well, well with no predictability. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. And we also challenged ourselves with a lot of beliefs. And so many of you that are listening, you had to change a lot, if everything you did during that time. And when I look back now, you know, there were some extremely painful moments, like extreme, and as painful as they were, there were some of the best things that ever happened to us. And I didn't ask for them. And I don't, I don't even know if I would ask for them again. <laughs> like, oh. uh, but, uh, um, so talk, talk more about like what you experienced, like how you talked about this with people around you. Um, you know, well, and like, then, well, Look, you, you as a company are thriving now. And I, I can guarantee you wouldn't say without the pandemic, without the things that you went through, you wouldn't be in the position you're in today. Agreed. Right. And I think that's just a, a really cool reflection to know that while it was difficult, while there are times that you would never want to go back and redo, likewise, right. through that came something just, it, it redefined who you were and then the results that came from it. I'm so proud of Act Dental. 
I'm so proud of all the stuff that you guys are doing because you've helped so many people. And you, and through the generosity of just giving that you did during that time, what you give, you receive in return without even trying. And that's what you got back. So I know it's a core value of yours and it's a core value of mine. And that's something that we, we both just recognize and appreciate in each other. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, you know, a big part of it for me was just faith wise. Like I just, I was praying every day, like God teach mm-hmm. me a lesson here. And then also somebody that was ringing in my ear the whole time, you talk about mentors, Nito Cobain was a great mentor of mine for many years. And he would say to me, Kirk, out of every adversity comes opportunity. And it's still something like, it's a great thing to say. I love it. And then you're like, well, let me find the silver lining somewhere in here. And I, I want to ask you about this. Like you still like to challenge yourself. Like as much as you say, I'm never moving again. You know, I've said that before. Um, you know, I don't, you still like to lay out some good chance. Why, 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 why can't you just like take a breather and coast for a little bit? I did. That's the reality. <laughs> I did. And I, I think, okay. I think you could say that I coasted. So go back a little bit of time is that and I'll talk about my tough time in 2016. Right. But then going through act as a client, I was 17, 18, I really embraced some really great years in 1920, you know, but at one point in time, I was like, well, I got my vision done. We're great. I'm okay with it being this way. And I don't really want to, I kind of want to take my foot off the gas a little bit. And when you do that, you get complacent, you get content with how things happen. And then all of a sudden, maybe some things start slipping through the cracks. And then that's when really start realizing that you just, I don't know, it propels you, but you have to fall. And that's what happens when you do take your foot off the gas and you do get complacent and, and yeah, it is easy to coast and it's fun and it's good. You need breaks. Everybody needs a little bit of rest, but at the same point in time, know that the next wave of suck is going to come. And then that's going to drive you into a whole different realm of what do I need to do now? Right. So I think that's important. Yeah. I want you to speak to this because you've been on this journey. So if you're listening, we've all gone through a round of suck, you know, and, you know, many of you know, I lost three great team members on it during the pandemic. We tried to do our best to, and they are amazing people. They still are. And they're just like, I, I'm just going to go do my own thing or do something else. And it sucked. It really sucked. But what happened through it is, you go, okay, we got to figure things out. And you have other people that go, I can do this. And you're like, okay, I hope that's true. And it's amazing what you learn about yourself, about other people, about your value system. And tell us about your journey in, in that, you know, and without, I mean, you, you tell us kind of your perspective when that happens. Cause I want people that are listening to know, listen, you're going to go through, you're going to go through stuff. You just are. And you yeah. got to hold on to a few things when you're going through stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I have, I have two years in my 10 year career that well, almost 10 years that I really had those years of really change. And the first was 2016 where I was living vicariously through somebody else's office. You know, we started up an office downtown Detroit and I was working to the bone and it was something that I'm just not a driver that way. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. And I had a panic attack in Cabo. And literally it was supposed to be this amazing place and everything was great. And even my wife noticed something was wrong with me when I got on the plane because I was just so fidgety. I had to do crossword puzzles or read this book or do something. She's like, just relax, man. Like, I think you just need to like unwind. And I just couldn't breathe when I got to the beach. And that was a big reflection to me, like something's not right. And it was because who I was and what I was doing were not anywhere in alignment. And that's when I sat back and said, I need to figure my stuff out. 
because if I don't get this together, I'm going to literally lose it. And so that's when we really started reflecting on a lot of things. And that's when I started working with my therapist, who's a patient of mine, discover who I am. And we went through like my emotional attachment to different things that happened throughout the day. I feel very blessed in the fact that I don't have any like childhood traumas or anything like that, that really affected me. But also anybody can use therapy for whatever they want it to be. And for me, it was like, I just don't know if I know myself. And so I came to really reflect on a lot of these things that I went through that I'd be like, I don't really like that or this circumstance or what it is. But then I realized I just wanted to like have a more balance to my life, have a little bit simpler life. And that's when lo and behold, I saw you at a conference. And then you said the same thing. The happiest people I know are the ones that have the simplest lives. And then, so then through all that, I started working with ACT coaching and we totally flipped our office. You know, I went from my dad's practice, which very mediocre, nothing very to like scream about to changing over our entire team, changing over the entire aesthetics of the office, changing over how we do treatment and the technology. We've done everything and flipped it in a matter of five years. It's been absolutely amazing to see the results that have come from this. But you could say that that never would have happened if it weren't for the 2016 year that I went through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And a big piece of this, I want you to share, you know, you added another circle to Simon Sinek's circles. Now, I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of Simon, Simon Sinek. I've read the book many times, Start With Why. And then you you, were, you and I were talking, you're like, no, he's missing a circle here. And I'm like, you can't, you're like, you're going to debunk like one of the best books of all time. Like, what circle are you speaking of? Can you speak to that? Because I love your take on that. You can't start with why if you don't know your who. Okay. So if you haven't read the book, he suggests, you you know, a lot of people do the how and the what before they figure out the why. And and the name of the book is start with why. But you said, no, start with who. So explain that. Yeah, because the who directs the why. And then the why directs the what and the how. You know, but so many of us, especially nowadays with social media, look on social media and say, that's what I want to do. That's. Mm -hmm. But these are the things I want to do. And you start with that, but then you realize I'm just trying to, you know, extend something to, to have the what's before I can even discover who I am in the middle. Right. Give so me an example you, of like who, like if I'm listening, help me figure yeah. out like that piece. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean, so my Detroit office that I was in, you know, it's just one of those things that I was, I was working 14 hour days and we were doing a lot of crazy dentistry and then I would, I would come back home at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night after going out to dinner and being with the who's who. And that's, that's some, that's someone else's dream. And he's amazing at that. That's his, that's his vision for life. And he finds fulfillment with that, but that just isn't who I am. So what I was doing was in complete disharmony with who I was. I am a guy who I love nothing more than getting out of work at two or three o'clock and going straight home and being with my family for eight or nine hours that night. Yeah. You know, I am somebody that likes to work the most minimal number of days I can a year and and still produce a certain amount to keep my lifestyle the way it needs to be. But I'm not going to continually run on a hamster wheel just for the sake of running on a hamster wheel. And, and for that reason, that's again, another reason, like that's who I am. And that's how I've driven my office around this because I now surround myself with people that are amazing, amazing, amazing people that I have the most love and respect for that I would do anything for these people and the type of dentistry that I'm doing, the what is really driven behind how I operate in most of my day. If you ask me, Hey, what is your favorite day of dentistry? What is it? Easily would say the days I connect with patients. Okay. It has not anything to do with what I do with a handpiece. It's mm-hmm. just the connections and the talking I have with my team 
and with my patients. Yeah. Today was a great day. I had so many great talks with people, but I have my day structured that I can actually devote time and attention to people as opposed to just doing and getting out of the room. Yeah. And so let me go, but I'm just going to piggyback on, on your lessons here. And if you're listening, this is like how all these works. The who, like that circle means a lot to me now that you've phrased that. And for me, it's a value system. So you said, you know, during, during the pandemic, I still get these questions. Like, why'd you guys do this? I'm like, just cause give greater than get, you know, you should never pay attention to what you get. Just always be in the position of giving. And even my team at the time was like, this is stupid. Like, why are we doing telethons? Like we're not getting paid for this. This is like, we have so many things to figure out. And I'm like, we're just going to be in this position. What happened for us, what happens for anyone that's listening is that you've got to hold on to a couple things when the storms come. And for me, it's my value systems, like who we are. And so the core, values for us and everybody's got their own. We have six. I just continuously lean in them because I don't need to figure out the what and the why, you know, because when, when we lean into who, you know, the why becomes clearer and then the what and the how and the who ultimately becomes clear. And, uh, you know, you guys will see this video soon. I was telling you, like we shot a video today in downtown Milwaukee. And one of my favorite things about this incredible city is that it's been transformed by an attitude and his name is Giannis. I think the world is a better place with Giannis. And so we interviewed people on the street. Like people were driving from other cities. Like one couple drove all the way from D Des Moines just to get like, like uh, Giannis. I'm like, why are you here? He's amazing because it's, it's, he's, he doesn't care about himself. He's transforming to you. And just this week, three players, you have Ibaka, you've got uh, Connington and you've got Bobby Portis all had options to go elsewhere and make more money. And they go, no, I'm staying, man, because I want to be part. So here's my question is like, this city is transformed because of an athlete, but I think it's an attitude. So it's a, it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely, it's the who. And so, um, you know, that's one of the takeaways of this. And I learn this from you all the time. Like, crazy crap happens. Like who? You're also getting ready to embrace another challenge. Like yeah. you're going to get off of Delta, you know, PPO, sure. like, like, could you stress yourself out anymore? Like you're in a position to be able to do it, but talk about that. Like you're ready now because you know yeah. who you're, you want to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I, like this last year was really a hard one and it was capped off by my associate saying she's buying a practice and going away from us. And, and I took that really hard. I really did. Now, um, wait, wait, go back to that. You took it really hard because she's an amazing person and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, yeah. The best. Yeah. And, and it's something that's so bittersweet because, you know, it, it's just, it was more of a selfish need to keep her around because I love every bit of her. But at the right. same point, there's a sense of pride knowing that, you know, she's going off and, and doing her thing. And once the dust settled and everything kind of became clear to me, it's like, okay, you know, let's take this process or problem that we've been through and let's elevate ourselves to a whole different level now. And knowing that, a year from now, we're going to look back and say, we never would have done that or gotten here if it weren't for her leaving. Mm -hmm. And that was the best thing that happened to us. And we've always talked about dropping Delta, you know, especially because like, I don't know, last year with inflation, I said, well, let's raise our rates 8% or 8.6%. The problem is when you raise your rates, but you're still accepting Delta, they're not raising your reimbursement that much right. either. So you're kind of just putting a pinch on everybody else without having anything repercussion wise. And then you just look at your write-off and your percentage is actually a lot higher of write-offs because you just raise your rates, but you're dropping them to the level that you accept. Right. And quite frankly, our office is better than usual and customary. It just is. 
in every single capacity, every single person they touch at our office, our front desk, the hygienist, the assistants, the technology we have, the aesthetics, the, the, the type of dentistry we do goes way, way, way beyond the reimbursement rates of Delta. Yeah, and but I'm aren't tired, you tired? Aren't you a little now? These are cliche. Aren't you a little scared? Like, come on! Like, it's already in process. You have not. You're not contemplating this. You've already like pulled the trigger, right? Yeah, September twelfth. We're done. I wrote a letter last week and just sent it off and said, "Let's just figure it out." Right. You know, and it's kind of like the Viking mentality, right? When the Vikings, you know, sailed away, they got on land and they burned their ships. There was mm-hmm. no turning back. And it's the same type of thing. I feel so confident in the team I have and the people that support us, that they believe this too. That's the key. This isn't something that they, they sense any fear in me because I don't fear this. I know we're going to be great. I've looked at my numbers. I look at the commitment from our patients and how much they value us. And I say, okay, let's do it. If we have to bet on somebody, let's bet on ourselves. And let's Love just it. use this time where it has been sucky and know that like from this, 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 this all changed because of that time. And let's do it. And I'm ready for it. And we're all ready for it. And I just had a meeting last week with everyone said, all right, now's the time where we got to step up our game. If we're going to ask people to pay us more, what can we do to provide even more intangible value for our patients? Right. And through that, you know, there's a lot of brainstorming ideas happening, but then they sense, okay, we do need to up ourselves to an entirely different level. So right. I'm just so excited about the time. I'm not scared. I don't, yeah. I don't care. You want no. to leave my practice? Go. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Okay. So, well, a couple of things, like if you're a dentist listening, so what percentage of your practice, you know, if, if you had to guess is like composed of this, just to give somebody a, and here's why, because you, you've given me permission. We're going to chronicle your journey in this whole thing, because I think you'll be able to help a lot of people through the second guessing the conversations, what people are going to say to you, you know, your people are going to let you know, you know, you're probably going to get the smear letter that's going to go out. You know, you're going to have people stop you in the grocery store, you know, um, you know, you're going to have those conversations and I want, I, I would love for you to chronicle that journey and that whole thing, but, uh, Give us a, give us sure. some, give us some, like where you're starting, where, where you're starting. Today. Yeah. I mean, number, number wise, we have 2,400 patients, yeah. you know, or 20, almost 2,500 patients. And through that, you know, looking at our numbers, I think we have almost like 900 Delta patients, which okay. is actually less than what I expected it to be. Yeah. And, but when you look at our write-offs, I mean, we were writing off like almost $500,000 last year, wow. which is just an insane amount of money that you're just simply not getting back. And so when you look at the numbers, you see, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, you probably know better than I do, that the percentage of people that drop, but let's even say it's, it's 30% of my Delta patients leave. Then that's 300 patients that walk mm-hmm. out my door and I still have 21, 2200 patients, which is right. still way too many people way too many. for me yeah. to manage, yep. you know, which I understand that, which is then going to be the next problem to tackle. But for me, even now knowing that I'm taking over a two doctor practice under my own shoulders, it's hard on me. Mm-hmm. But I also know the value by time. So when I look at my time and my efforts, I've really got to be restricted to doing procedures that are actually more profitable as opposed to doing something and taking a 50% cut of it. Right. Because there was one day last week I did like four hours of fillings. I hate filling so much, you know, especially when you're getting paid at a reduced rate of 50%. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's close to that. It was probably like 46%. I think we did the math. And right. so when I'm looking at this, my hygienists were making more per hour than I was. And I was doing some great fillings, you know, I, and I take pride of the fillings that I do. It's just, I'm not getting reimbursed at the rate I should be because right. it's usual and customary, right. which is not true. 
And I'll put so. the pieces of the puzzle together too, because if you're listening carefully, you can see that Kevin, your, your big value is on time. So it's not about mm-hmm. how much more money I can make, which you will naturally be more profitable. But ultimately what comes out of it, you have to ask yourself as a clinician, look, I only have so much time that I'm going to commit to this practice. And I want to get paid full fee for what I'm doing for the people Mm -hmm. that value what I do. And it's okay if somebody opts out of our plan because they're on a list and you got to be willing to, to draw that line in the sand. Right. And the reality is everybody knows right now is more expensive for everything. Right. And that includes dentistry. And when you look at my figures, which you know my figures, I produced a lot more last year than I ever had before. But I also had a lot more expenses the year before to make it so that this last year was less profitable than it was the years year one and two before that, mm-hmm. which is just the reality. Expenses for lab bills and supplies and rent and my team payroll, you know, all that has a cost associated with it. And in order to make it work and how we do, we do have to do something to, to, to manage that. And to me, my solution was simple and it's dropping Delta to continue to, to keep providing the care I want to do at the rates I want to do and get reimbursed appropriately. So it just, it was a simple thing for me to understand that. And, and I think a lot of people will understand that too. And I even talking to Rob Ritter about this, Ritter, Ritter says, there's no better time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great time to say, and, and like lean into this. It's, an unusual time because everything's more expensive and that includes me dropping Delta. It's going to be more expensive for you to come here. And if you value me, you'll come. If you don't, there's somebody else out there that can treat your needs for you. It's really that simple. I love it. I want you to go back to the formula that you introduced because I absolutely love it. You gave me the book that Gina Wickman wrote, which is the EOS Life um, After Reading. I mean, he has many books, um, Traction we're big fans of, but you gave me that other book and I'm like, holy moly, this is like the supplement of what I got the first round. And when he talks about the 10-year formula, you said two really sucky years, two bad years, like they're going to be terrible. Then you have six good years. Is that what you said? And two amazing years. Tell us why the 10-year vantage point is really important. Why is it really good to look at your life? So you're how old? How old are you today? 35. 35. So you've got a good I mean, if you choose three decades, at least two decades, why is it good to look at your life in 10 year spans? I think it's good to have a vision through that, right? Right. So you kind of have an understanding of what direction you want to go down in 10 years from now, when I'm 45, what does life look like for me? My kids will be a certain age. My family will be doing this, 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 you know, what does the dynamic of this office look like? Because then you can now piece things back and say, okay, in order to get there, 10 years from now, I need to splice this segment up. So in three years from now, I want to be on this trajectory. And then you can even go even further and say a year, this is where I need to be in order to get to the three years. And then from quarterly basis, you can do that too. So you always want to have quarterly priorities or quarterly goals or, or, or somewhere of tracking these metrics to make sure you're kind of on the, on the right plan. I guess on the right plan. Yeah. You know, what's really fun about this when you get to be my age, which I'm 52, you've heard all of these people that you believe in, that you, that are mentors of yours, you get pieces and elements and you see all these pieces of the puzzle get come together. And so Frank Spears said this years ago, and I can't remember, but he said, you know, life is not this straight line. It's like three steps forward, two steps back, you know, one step forward, two steps back, then four steps forward, you know, two steps back. The net of it is you're climbing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's never a straight line. So your formula at the beginning gives me peace of mind that like we're going to go through some sucky 
stuff, you know, but I think the net of it is, is if you can have the right vision that you're going to have some opportunity on these adversities, ultimately you're going to create a better practice and a better life. And you're also working less as you, you know, number of days. So, you know, if you like, if you, if you take that graph though, and you like zoom way out, mm -hmm. it does look flat. Yeah. You know, but if you zoom in, that's when you start seeing the the little steps that you go up and down. I think it's important to recognize that it's actually the steps that drive you. Yeah. It's not the flatness. But also, I had somebody in my office come shadow or look at the office the other day. And, you know, recent graduate. And from afar, it looks from his perspective that he walks into this office, that it's a great office, great team, great things we're doing, all the techie stuff, all these things that, like, superficially look good. And then he's like, well, I want to buy a practice. I want to do this. And I'm saying, okay, what are you looking for? Well, I want to practice that as like the perfect number of people patient wise. I want to have the perfect team. I want to have the perfect environment. And I said, that just doesn't exist. Right. And also if you do buy that, there's no sense of pride in buying that. You know, like I take immense pride knowing that this office came with so many blood, sweat, tears over the last seven years of, of time that, we got here because of those hard moments right. and you're just not going to get the sense of fulfillment or joy if you're just not going to go through the struggle. Right. So if you're looking to buy a practice or whatever it may be, don't get hung up on all those things. Just know that like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And I'm going to make it myself yeah. and I'm going to make it my way. And I'm going to do what I want to do because that's the beauty of dentistry. You can control what you do and how you do it and the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And anybody that's gone in that direction confidently, of becoming more of who they want to be and the direction they know. I I mean, 25 years of doing this. I've never met anybody who's like, yeah, I, I kind of stepped more into who I wanted to be. I didn't like it, you know, or I got off a of Delta and I went back on it. You know, I've never heard that story either. I mean, everybody that's ever taken steps has always said it was hard, but it's one of the best things I've ever done. I mean, even becoming a dentist was a big decision, you know? in doing that. So, but are you ever confident though? Like, I don't know if I can like expressively no. say confidently, you're no. not confident. I think you look, you're dropping, you're dropping nuggets. Off. It's the steps, you know, like yeah. there are things that I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I hope this works. Like just one step at a time, like yeah, one, we're going to, you know, and, and, and I say this even in marriage, like I have, I have people that I, I know are just getting married and I'm like, okay, listen, it's just a mathematical formula. It's all it is. There's seven days in a week. You got to have, like, if you have f four good days and three bad days, it's not so bad. If you get to five, two, it's amazing. Six, one, it's the best thing ever. But don't ask for a seven, zero every single week. So, like, there are weeks that don't work really well, you know? But, like, right. if you can continuously put one foot in front of the other and make it simple, like, one step at a time, this process through Delta, this process through you, you know, figuring out your patient base, it's just one day at a time. And you, you're not looking for perfect. You're just creating progress, which gives you that confidence. I can do this over and over again. I believe in you so much that you could literally, we could literally extract you from your environment, put you in another environment. And you go, I don't, I didn't want this. And I go, just in two years, you're going to change that. And you could confidently step in a way that you'd be like, okay, I'll turn it the way I want it to, if this is really where I want to be. Right? Yeah. But that's the importance of having those around you. You know, right. if I surrounded myself with people that are constantly negative, that are constant drainers of whatever it may be and just, I don't know, don't build you up, then you're going to be the common denominator of that group. Yeah. I choose to surround myself with people like yourself who are constantly optimistic, high energy, believe in myself, believe in you type of person that 
the sky's the limit because literally there's no ceiling. Yeah. And so I think that's the importance of that too, is just like, look at who you are and who you're surrounding yourself with the people around you. Because if you have people in your life that are just not building you up, then just get rid of them. And I've done it. It's hard, but at the same point, like every single person that's around me in my life right now is just a, is a, is an upper. And I think that's important to recognize. So yeah, no, it's, it's, that's like, that's such an undervalued, underappreciated concept too. 100%. And it's, this is totally cliche or maybe it's not, but the ultimate value of any human being would be what, what you would be if we took all of your possessions away. You know, they say this all the time and it's true. It's not what you get. It's who you become. That's the most valuable thing. Cause I know I could take the millions that dentists, you know, young dentists have saved, take it away from them and they could go, okay, listen, that was terrible, but I'll grow it back in no time. And they would know how to do it. Same thing with building a practice. And we've watched other people do it. So if you're listening, you're like, oh, this is really hard. I get it. Everybody's got to go through that, you know, but once you start to acquire these skills, you've been through the heartache, you've had the downsides. You're like, I've seen this before, you know, and Mm -hmm. even when like you've lost key team members and I'm like, no. And you're like, you've had great ones go. I want to go into a different career. And then you taught me one thing that I still can't do very well is just, you got to pat yourself on the back and you got to congratulate yourself that you've grown them, that they actually want to go on to do something else. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, my, my assistant, Victor, he was incredible for me and he was so such a pivotal person as I started working through act and things like that, that, um, but at some point in time, I got him out of high school. So I knew that he was never going to be with me forever, but it was hard to watch him transition out and outgrow our office. And so he's doing, he's in the police Academy, downtown Detroit, which is a crazy job. And I think he's absolutely insane for it, but he loves it. Mm -hmm. And and to me, it's just like, I got to take a sense of pride knowing that we grew him to the point where he found a really good place in his life to be. And it's no different than my, my past associate because she wasn't considering anything practice ownership when we first brought her on. But then over the course of time, you, you change, you grow yeah. and you keep moving forward. And, and yeah, I, I, maybe I didn't even listen to my own advice at the time. You know, I think I was so caught up emotionally that I didn't sit back and say, yeah, that's really a, a really sweet thing that we've been able to kind of like groom and mature and, 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 and push beyond our, our walls here. So I think that's just what life is about. And that's, that's my genuine pur- purpose of life yeah. is to make others around me better. And if I can do that, I feel very confident that I will live a fulfilled life. Other people's purpose of life is so different. And that's, that's great. If you know your purpose and it's not that God bless you for that too. But for me, my purpose is just to make others around me better and every single day. You're doing it, brother. And so um, any last thoughts on this now? And I'll just be the, you know, 32 year old dentist is listening, you know, help me through this, Kevin. What would you say to me like this? I went through a sucky year as a, as a dentist, like, what would you say to me if I'm listening? Yeah. And I I think one drop the perfectionism, you know, cause that's what my therapist told me all the time last year. He goes, why do you keep expecting yourself to be perfect? Mm -hmm. There's nothing about human organisms that are perfect. We're not, we're intended to fail. We're intended to fall because when you fall, you pick yourself up and you learn how to get out of the situation and become better for it. But the key there is to know that my mindset needs to be I'm going to learn something from this bad moment. I'm going to become a better person through that, that my future person is far more adapted, fulfilled, evolved because of the the struggles, the failures, the falls that we all take. 
And, and that's so important to me, but like, it's easier said than done. It's so cliche. I get that. But at the same point, Dennis, like we're always caught up in perfectionism. Mm. I want to be a perfect husband. I want to be a perfect dad. I want to be a perfect dentist. I want to be a perfect boss. But the reality is, is that I am far from perfect. I've made far too many mistakes. And those mistakes are what have shaped me into the man I am today. And without those mistakes, I can't say that I could have that. And again, my therapist also said, the most magnificent people in the world have the deepest scars. And it's because they've experienced life at a high capacity to fail. And through that, they're able to express a sense of gentle touch, forgiveness, grace, non-judgmental approach to other people that they can then offer that to their life experiences to help lend a hand to give people that need it um, in the future. So I don't know. I I feel for people that are going through hard times, but right. also when someone comes to my office and as a patient said, I'm just really stressed. I'm like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know that. And I don't know if I could have said that if I didn't go through the last year right. and I'm far more compassionate because of it. And I actually have a better way of reaching at these people and, and connecting on a, on a deeper emotional level, which makes my day so much better. So mm-hmm. the reality of it all is we're just all figuring this out and that's what it's all about. Very well said, brother. I don't know that you could say it any better than that. Now, I know you also have a heart for helping people. And a lot of people listen to you during the podcast. If, uh, you know, if I want to reach out to you, you know, follow you, ask you a question, how do I get a hold of you? Sure. I mean, you can email me, Kevin Groth, G-R-O-T-H at gmail.com. It's a great way of reaching me. Um, follow me on Instagram, Dr. Kevin Groth, um, Dr. Kevin Groth. But I mean, you can also call me. I don't care. You can text me. We'll call my office, whatever you want to do. If someone needs to be, if you need to lean on somebody and have somebody to, to listen to you, you know, that's what we're here for each other for. And awesome. if I can make someone a little bit better, a little bit lighter for the day, give them a little bit better, you know, pep talk or, or whatever it could be. I'm always around for that. Yeah. Nobody's, you know, not important for that to me. You're the so, best. It's great. Dude, I can't thank you enough. And you and I are going to have many, many conversations on different things, but I, I know for a fact you're going to be helping a lot of people as you help me, sure. you know, through all these things. So, all right. So stick around while I say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. I hope you're getting a lot of value. I have one job here to get you some great thinkers with some great pieces of advice to help you create a better practice and better life. And today, that was a perfect example. So if you're struggling or if you're not feeling like, or if you're just feeling like I've had had a crappy year, listen, we all go through this stuff. And so keep hanging in there. Reach out to us. Keep following. Keep listening as we're going to bring more and more stuff. I want you to listen to this in the drive to work or, you know, just in the week, just Because the better you are, the better you're thinking, the better your heart is in the right place, it's going to make people around you better. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching The Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. 
So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.